And when COVID broke last year, people were calling it a health crisis. By August, I knew it was a fraud vaccine crisis. And now is the time to take on the fraud within CDC, NIH. They're going to do the cabal, as I call it, where they actually use human beings as guinea pigs for vaccinations. Aaron, first of all, thank you for joining us uh, and being so open to uh, an interview about what you've gone through for the last many months. Um, so why don't you begin with telling us your background pre-COVID vaccine? Sure. I'm a full-time speech pathologist. I do home care. So I see patients in their homes between the hospital and outpatient. I was working um, without any problems before, no medical problems at all. Um, I was working out maybe three or four times a week. I used to be a big runner, so I was wanting to get back into it. I finally had gotten back up to running two miles, which I did the day before I had the vaccine. That was the last time I was able to run. Um, yeah, I just had a very busy life. I am not someone that sits around and watches TV. I don't like TV. I'm someone who is moving and doing things from when I wake up until when I go to bed. My kids have activities. We're full day of work, full day of school, karate, grocery shopping, household chores. I was very busy. Very, very busy. busy. And I, I liked to be busy. And how many children do you have? I have two children and one stepdaughter. My son is 13, my daughter is 10, and my stepdaughter is uh, almost eight. Okay. And you decided to sign up early, as I recollect. Um, you yes. received your shot because of your job at the time, because you're connecting with patients in their homes. Yes. So when COVID started, um, a lot of people who started working at home or... Um, you know, getting breaks for, for their job, I was still working. So it was at a time when, you know, you didn't really know what you were dealing with. You didn't know who had it. Um, we see patients coming out of facilities. So coming out of the nursing homes also and coming home or coming home from the hospital. So you don't really know um, what they were exposed to when they were there. And I do a lot of swallowing therapy. So that is without a mask. So I wear the full PPE, um, but with someone uh, with no mask coughing on you, um, you know, you just kind of worry about it. I thought I was lucky to be able to get the vaccine before everybody else who wanted it, you know? So what month did you get it? And which, I had which it, vaccine did you get? I had Moderna. And it was at the beginning of January, so um, January sixth, which was oh, that's just a, a weird day. day. A big day, yeah. It's it was a weird day. So I yes. went and got the vaccine, had this immediate reaction, and I can remember I was working, driving around all day with this horrible headache, um, putting the news uh, on my phone through my speakers in my car, just listening to the chaos, and I just thought I'm living in the twilight zone, like what is happening? But um, 
So when you went to get, when you um, received your vaccine, did you receive it at the hospital? Was it a drive-through? It was at the hospital. Um, yeah. So it was for um, all, all of us healthcare workers. And I think they did it by alphabet. So sort of they were appointments opening up uh, in that way. Were, were, was it at the hospital that employs you for the home care? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. And um, on site, you had an immediate reaction before you, first of all, did they give you informed consent? Did they give you a piece of paper? And did it, yes. what did it say about the side effects? The piece of paper, from what I remember, said um, that you may experience things like fatigue, headache, nausea. Those are the three that kind of popped out to me. Um, so I got a headache right after and I thought, well, I guess mine just started really early. I didn't mention it to anyone. It wasn't like a dangerous thing. I just kind of went about my day. But I never, I'm not someone who gets headaches. So to me, it was a pretty bad headache. You know, it, to me, it was obvious that it was from the vaccine. All right. And then, um, and you left the you left the hospital. Did you have a conversation with anybody, or it was you it, because it was on the list? You expected to have some yes. sort of reaction. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. because it was on the list. I just was like, you know, I knew it was from the vaccine, but if I said that to anyone around me, including my husband, they were like, "Well, that's not that can't be." So you know, it's just. It was a denial that every, when you were when you were starting to, to say something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, everyone listened to one or two days later, you'll be sick for about a day. So for me to say, you know, I have an immediate headache that won't go away with anything. It's a very bothersome headache. You know, everyone was like, well, it must be something else. You know, it can't be the vaccine because that's not what can happen. All right. So at the same time, and this, it was so early that there were not a lot of reports about people's reactions other than the expectations that right. it might be similar to the flu. Right. I had not heard of anything. Yeah. Okay. Of anyone's reactions. <clears throat> so how, how did it give us a sense of how it, how the reactions progressed on you? So I, so I had a headache that day that it was, um, lasted all day. Um, it actually lasted for a couple of days. Um, on the following Saturday, um, I had, I felt sick. I just felt like I had a mild, very mild flu. So I thought, well, this is it. This is the thing everyone says you have, you get. I was on a Moderna Facebook group that you heard people were, were mentioning that they were getting a reaction from the first shot. There was a rumor that if you had had COVID before, maybe you have a reaction to the first shot. Um, I had never had COVID as far as I knew, but other people were saying they had a reaction. So I really wasn't that concerned. It, it did progress from there where it just kept coming and going. But for the majority of about two weeks after the vaccine, I mean, I, I didn't get out of bed. It was the three symptoms that they say can happen. So I wasn't really that worried. It was fatigue, like significant fatigue, like you're thirsty and your water's next to you, but you're just too tired to lean over and get it. That kind of fatigue, nausea, 
and the headache that just didn't go away with anything. Did you vomit? No, no. Um, and it was just strange. Like my husband and I just kept saying to each other, like, what is going on? Like as time was going, you know, it's been eight months now. And I think every day or in the beginning and every week in the beginning, we would say, it's been 10 days. What's going on? It's been two weeks. What's going on? It's been a month. What's going on? Then months later, you're just looking at each other like, what is going on? What is happening? All right. So when, you, when, when you're talking to your colleagues and you're still working at that point in time, correct? No, I couldn't. So I you, couldn't work. I, I couldn't do anything. Because I, of the I, fatigue? Oh, yeah. For, because of feeling so sick. I, was in, I don't know what was happening outside of my bedroom. It was, Do you have sensitive any sensitivity to light to sound? Um, a little bit to light. I mean, I preferred to be in my room in the dark. Um, in the beginning, during that that beginning time, it it started to, you know, you'd be in bed for two weeks feeling horrible, and then I'd have um, a good day, and I would say, I think I'm better. I, okay, you know, I guess that just sucked for me. I think I'm better. And then the next day it's back and then you're sick for several days and then you have a good day and you're like, I think I'm better. And then so, you get sick again. So were you collecting unemployment at that time? Did you go to the hospital? Did you call your colleagues at the hospital? Did they have the same reactions? No, um, no one that I knew at the time who had the same reactions. I did get workers comp for a very short period of time before I think they realized that I wasn't going to be right back to work. Again, it was like right in the beginning. Um, so workers comp dropped me and I was out of work uh, for three and a half months. Basically, after the first shot, I waited an extra week to consult um, an immunologist to say, you know, should I get the first shot? Because I really didn't know what the heck was going on. These mm -hmm. symptoms were coming and going, good days, bad days, but still they're the symptoms they say happen with the vaccine. An immunologist said it was up to me, but they want people to get the second shot. They did not discourage me from getting it. They just warned me, you might have the same reaction with the second, but it's an immune response and it will go away. Um, so so I waited just, an extra did you week. get it? Did you get I it? I did. I did. So I got, I waited an extra week and I got it February 12th. <clears throat> you know, I'm just very trusting. I'm just, I well, just. How long have you, how long have you worked in the healthcare system? Oh gosh. I think it's been like maybe 15 years. And did most of your colleagues have the same belief in the vaccines and this is going to be safe because this is what everybody is saying? Yes. Yes. I mean, there's some now, but very few that are trying to avoid the uh, vaccine mandate in, that's happening in, in the hospital system. But most people that I know signed up right away. Okay, well, that make but it makes sense if you're if you're exposed to people who are sick. You're in the healthcare system. You're working at home. I mean, that's, uh -huh. to me, that would be an easy sell to uh -huh. people who. I mean, my understanding is it's not every single hospital, but a lot of hospitals mandate that if you're if you're connect if you work in the hospital or a hospital within a hospital system that you're required to get the influ the flu shot as well. Was your hospital one of those hospitals? 
Well, I just asked about the flu shot because I'm nervous. I mean, I get the flu shot every year, but mm. I'm nervous to um, put something else in my body while I'm while I'm still like recovering. Um, and I believe you can sign something that says that you decline it and you have to wear a mask all flu season. When so exactly is flu season? I've, I've never received a, a flu vaccine in my life. Never. I no, get the flu never. shot every year and I get the flu almost every year. Hmm. So. And I don't get the shot and I don't get the flu every year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so we talked to one of the, um, one of the people in your group today, <clears throat> uh, Christy, who has shared with us the uh, poll that you guys that some people mm -hmm. had participated in. Were you mm -hmm. part of that poll? Yes. Okay. So according to her figures, uh, and I love the fact that this is, this is a patient driven poll, 49% of the um, people in that group received, <clears throat> pardon me, the Moderna shot. Mm -hmm. So when you found, when exactly did you find this group? Honestly, I can't remember exactly when I, I found it through the Moderna group on the Moderna group. If you post about uh, vaccine reactions, if you don't word it exactly the right way, they remove you. So you, I learned very quickly. It's sponsored by the Moderna. This, it was that no, sponsored by the No, but it is a huge group and it's admin by some nurses. And that group is just strictly don't scare anybody. Um, I've always been very careful about how I write things. Like I'll say what's happening, but then at the end I would say, you know, we need the vaccine. I understand we need the vaccine. You know, I always put something at the end about the importance of the vaccine. So I've never been removed, but another, there had been, um, there had been quite a few people removed from there who found me through instant messenger saying, I've just been removed from the group. I saw that you had um, a vaccine reaction. I'm having the same reactions. So I was talking to a few people and one of them said, I want to invite you to this group um, run by um, for people who are having adverse events. Well, that's interesting. That's the first time I think Todd and I have heard, isn't it, that, that there was another group that was set up where it's a group of people who have injuries were even within a group that mm -hmm. they were getting gaslit. We, I don't, that's new to well, me. Well, no, I know I, I shouldn't say that. It, it was not a group for injuries. It was a group just to promote. It was pro-vaccine talking yeah. about, you know, it, it wasn't well, it wasn't meant for adverse events. So if you posted something that said, and you can still see things today, and it's really hard for me to go on there to see something that's clearly, I don't know, an indication of something that we've been suffering. Um, it's hard to want, try and pull everybody from that group so that, like, come over here so you can get help. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not meant for adverse reactions, and that's why you have to be very careful about what you say on that group. And there were many people being removed, but the people who were posting about these vaccine reactions were sort of, we were finding each other outside of the group through instant messenger so that so as not to be removed. And through someone in that way, they invited me to this other group. 
Okay, so when you got to this other group, did you feel more comfortable? Oh, yes, because the other group, I mean, I I didn't I never said what I actually meant or what was actually happening. Um, and most of the time, if you're posting on the other group, you know, there's there's lots of people telling you that that's not possible. That that can't happen. Huh. That's not people are stressed out. You're the number of what, people, what's the purpose of the other group? The purpose of the other group is to promote and encourage the vaccine, I believe. There's a lot of people on there, so people are posting positive experiences with the vaccine. What the only positive that you could promote would be that you haven't received COVID. Isn't that true? I mean, what 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 kind of things would they post? I mean, that's um, positive. You know, a lot of the times, you know, someone will they'll they'll post, okay, I've had the vaccine twelve hours ago. And I started now. I've started to have this reaction. I'll I'll update later, just like lots of that. Uh, I had the vaccine. My husband and I had the I had the vaccine. These people in my family had the vaccine, and we had no reaction. Like it's it's there was a lot of things that scared people on there because of you know people having tinnitus or being mm -hmm. really fatigued three or four weeks later, and so the majority of the group to me what they were like saying things to help people not be upset by some of the things that they heard. So okay. people were going on there saying, I've had the first shot. I'm afraid to get the second. And you have all these people saying it's fine. You should get the second. I used to go on there a lot to when people posted, I've had the first shot and I still feel sick and it's time to get the second. And people are saying, you need the second shot. You need the second shot. And I would go on there and say, you should, cons you should, you should talk to an immunologist. You should talk to um, a, a doctor who specializes in this. The tough thing is, you know, to this day, unless the immunologist has seen uh, or treated other patients with similar reactions, they're going to tell those people to get the second shot. So when you went to the uh, immunologist, how did you, how did you, that whole story unravel in terms of what was possibly happening to your body? So I was told that it this was this is the immune response, and for whatever reason, I had a robust immune response. The CDC recommends that unless it's an allergy, like an anaphylaxis type allergy, that everyone should get the second shot. And so that's what they recommended. Now she left it to, she left the choice to me. It's not like she made me get it, but um, she, you know, I felt like, okay, this was normal and I'll get the second shot. And most likely with the second shot, um, I, maybe I won't even have a reaction. There are lots of people on this other group having a reaction with the first and not with the second. I was just, uh, I was just blindly hoping that that was the case. Cause you believe because you were in the healthcare industry mm -hmm. and then what happened? And then with the second shot, it was the same scenario. I was, you know, in, in bed, incapable of getting up and doing anything for at least a few weeks. Um, and then the same thing, it just started to go into this cycle of good days and bad days 
with mostly bad days and a couple of good days here and there. And it just went that way for a while. And I'm so, I'm so trusting that my husband thinks I'm nuts because every time I have a good day, I say, I think I'm better. You know, it's like, it's very convincing that you're like, these symptoms, I have a break from them. And like, this is how, you know, anytime you've been sick, you're sick. And then as soon as you start to feel better, that's the direction you're going. So with this, every time you start to feel better, your mind is like, oh, here we go. Now we're okay. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reality. It's like this, it's this bizarre reaction that comes and goes. And it really turned into um, something completely different. I started to get other symptoms. I had brain, Describe them first. I had a brain fog, which mm-hmm. I still have. I can drive down the road and not remember where I'm going. And I don't know where I just was. And I only, you know, when I recognize something, now I know where I am. Um, Sometimes I start talking and I don't know what I was talking about. Someone could ask me a question and I just totally blank. I just, I know the question, but I can't focus on thinking about it. Um, That's gotten a little bit better. Um, I had pain in my heart, like a, a stabbing pain and I went to the ER, I think, three times. And I think, you know, they just tell me there's nothing wrong. Um, so you were not validated in the group. You weren't validated when you first had the reaction by anybody. No. And then when you went to the ER, you weren't validated again. No, they, you know, they, I think the amount of people that tell you it's anxiety from a random person you don't know on this regular Moderna group to a doctor, you know, to someone at the ER, it's, it's, it's like they all assume that it's not real because they haven't been told it's real. Explain that in the healthcare system, how the CDC, the FDA has to acknowledge that they give the protocols to the CDC and the hospital follows. Them yeah. So this this is a good example. I went to a new neurologist the other day who was a great neurologist. He listened very intently. He acknowledged that this is likely um, from the vaccine. I looked at my visit note after and he described, he, he said, uh, we don't know how this could have happened, but it's most likely that it did happen from the vaccine. But even talking to him, when you say, this is from the vaccine and all of these things have happened. This has ruined my life. I I was fine one day and disabled the next. And they always say, well, I mean, we know that it can cause myocarditis. Like they literally, each doctor will list what's been released. Okay. Like, oh, I've heard it could be my, there was something in the literature about this. There was something in the literature about this, but they're not really sure yet. So neurological reactions, which are clearly, I don't want to say common because I don't really know how many people out of how many people are experiencing it, but I find people all the time having these neuro reactions and they don't know about it. They won't know about it until it's made, um, until it's acknowledged. Do you you think they don't want to know about it? You know what? I think it's an invisible thing. I yeah. think it's difficult to prove. 
I think they don't want to acknowledge it because it would open a whole can of worms. Um, you know. So I'm, I'm getting to what you think the healthcare system has become. I mean, it it seems they're more concerned about protocols and actually helping the patients. Um, yeah, I mean, just an, just an observation. Right. I I think. I mean, I went to. This is how important it is for someone to believe you. I went to a doctor that I knew professionally for years that I mm -hmm. really respect. And he wasn't a doctor that I needed. He wasn't a specialist. He wasn't, he was just a doctor I knew. I tracked him down. I made an appointment with him literally just to be believed, mm -hmm. just to be believed. And he's a wonderful man. And I really like him as a person and I think he's a great doctor, but even he told me <clears throat> some of the symptoms I was having was psychosomatic hmm. and that broke my heart. Yeah. You know, sure. That was sure. really hard to hear. So it's like a lot of the people who are having these reactions, even if they can't do anything just to be believed. What, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like you hear of all these people going to doctors and it's not just that the doctors don't know how to help you because even if it was acknowledged they might not know how to help you yet we don't really we know what's happening yeah. but for them mm -hmm. to say that they believe you and maybe to send you to someone or suggest something you know to not be believed is like horrific there's well, so doctors, you doctors all the time them. doctors all the time say they're scientists i mean that's the are they put out and when they don't want to dig and find out the science to me that's interesting but i'll leave that point alone no but yeah, that, I mean, that it's a good a point you, you, you'd think you'd think that this is the first time that mrna is being used that people would be more curious about those people right. that are coming forward i mean it's not like there's one person right this is multiple people if you take a look at this and people mm -hmm. are going public they you know to me, it's just like, yeah. I mean, and I don't want to reduce it to, to something as gross as, you know, th these people are statistics and specimens, but that's how some of these scientists think. So to mm -hmm. me, to ignore a group of people that are saying we have some of these similar symptoms from some of these COVID vaccines, mm -hmm. it, it, yes. it, just, it, raises, it raises one's eyebrows. Think about, think about if anything else was new, like... And any other trend where this number of people were, were reporting similar and overlapping symptoms, because we're not all the same. We mm -hmm. all came with different genetics and bodies and medical history. So we're not all the same, but it's all very, very, very similar. And if this was not be from the COVID vaccine, if this was not a pandemic intervention, they would be, doctors would be, if you had, if, if a doctor had two people reporting some overlapping symptoms, just two, from this brand new thing, this brand new vaccine, you would think that they would start calling all their doctor friends, getting on groups, talking about it, getting mm -hmm. together to say, they should be the ones getting together to say, hey, this is happening, what is going on? They should be driving the CDC to, to do something. We are powerless. 
they don't believe us or they don't care. I don't know. So, so did you, were you actually ever diagnosed with something and did anybody give you any treatment for it? And did any of it work or did you turn to alternative uh, medicine for lack of a better word to get some remedy from any so, of it? So my, my situation is that my um, inflammation levels are very high um, and no one can say from what. Nothing else really shows up on any testing so far. Um, the thing that I'm being treated for is um, mast cell activation. So I take, um, I don't know, four different allergy meds. One dose is, one med is like four times the regular dose. Um, I've never had that before. That is for... Um, um, I have, uh, and this is common with some of the people who are injured, mm -hmm. the mast cells are, they live in your connective tissue. They're supposed to break down in response to toxins. So if you're allergic to something, the appropriate mast cells break down and combat that toxin for you. And you can sometimes have symptoms of that reaction. You know, if you were, if it was dust, you would have um, allergy symptoms. So when you have mast cell activation, the mast cells break down for any, anything and everything. So I was having reactions to food. Suddenly I can't have gluten or I'm violently ill for days. Uh, I can't have dairy. I can't be around cats. I'm not, I don't have a cat allergy. Being around cats makes my face numb and my hands itch. I've been tested for a cat allergy. I don't have it. If I go into someone's house and they use chemicals or they cleaned, I have a reaction. I have a reaction if I'm out in the sun. So that's one of the big ones. I feel much better on these um, allergy meds. So technically that is the diagnosis. If you respond to the meds and they help, that is the diagnosis. Now, do I actually really have it or is this just an overreaction of the mast cells because of something the vaccine did. Um, is it a temporary thing? Will it go away? I have no idea. Is it, am I going to have to take these allergy meds forever? Um, I was also diagnosed by a functional neurologist with um, dysautonomia. I have a lot of trouble keeping my body in homeostasis. So trouble Explain, with translate that for the audience because not so, everybody knows what that okay is. so what was making me really ill was um changing positions so for a long time i only felt well if i was laying down so i couldn't really tolerate sitting up i couldn't tolerate standing up if i stood up and stood still my hands would go numb so they call that postural orthostatic tachycardia so when you stand up, if you have it, your blood pools at your hands and feet and your body thinks I need to help this blood recirculate. So your heart starts pumping. Um, so it raises. Um, but sometimes that can make you feel like you're going to pass out. So that is was that, is that what they call POTS? Yeah. Yep. That's pots. that's okay. what it is. But it, it's also... Um, you know, I had a lot of other symptoms from that, like night sweats. I had a constant feeling of fight or flight. Um, so there was nothing like calming my system down. So I always felt like, you know, when someone almost hits your car and you're like, oh my gosh, I, mm -hmm. I was feeling that all the time. 
How did you sleep during this period? I mean, it, it was it was it? Did you sleep at all? I mean, a good yeah, night's sleep. So in the beginning, I I mean, I'm still sleeping a lot. I would say in the beginning, I was sleeping for, and this was for months, for months, because it's been a long time now. It's been like eight months. For several months, I was sleeping maybe ten to twelve hours at night and napping during the day. I could not stay awake. Did you did you have the pain? Did you did you did you wake up often? Um, I ended, I ended up taking medication to stay asleep because it was difficult to stay asleep. I had, um, pain and tingling in my hands and feet. I'm on, I'm better controlled now with all of these things because, you know, after seeing many, many doctors and many specialists through my healthcare and reaching my deductible, not that every doctor I went to didn't help me, but a lot of times there wasn't much to offer me. I think the first doctor who really believed me was a psychiatrist who, I mean, she had the best reaction to it. It was like immediate belief and, and compassion. Like, wow, you have this horrible feeling in you all the time that makes you feel impending doom. That's mm -hmm. terrible. And she gave me um, some medication to, to, to help me sleep because that feeling is really difficult to sleep with. Have um, you had a good night's sleep at all since January 6th? Um, I'm on medication. I'm on pain medication that makes me really sleepy. So mm -hmm. at this point, I sleep pretty heavily. You know, I'm on medication to help with the pain. I'm on a lot of allergy meds, which are expensive that insurance doesn't cover. Um, and that's let's talk about the, let's talk about the, the cost to, I mean, in terms of, I think it's important for people to understand mm -hmm. that, pardon me, that their, um, insurance may not cover everything. And so what, what, right. I mean, how much, how did it work for your insurance? How much have had you pay out yourself? So and, and, and you, it sounds as if when we talked earlier on the phone, mm -hmm. there's no end in sight mm -hmm. for the health recovery as right. well as the financial. I mean, the end of there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, the, there's been quite a few financial challenges. Um, the, the first one was um, besides the fact that workers comp dropped me, I switched over to short term disability. So if I was on short-term disability for a couple of months, they, they did not approve the short-term disability for a long, long time. And I think they just didn't know what to do with me. I think they just didn't believe me. So if I didn't have a savings because a couple of months go by, a couple of mortgage payments are due, I'm not getting paid. Finally, I said to her, look, I understand you don't know what to do. There's no precedent. I said, I'm out of work. This has ruined my life. If you don't want to approve this, don't approve it, but just make the decision because I need to make plans financially. So mm -hmm. she eventually approved it, um, but it, it did take a while. So that's the first financial problem. You know, going to the ER the first time, I got a bill for $2,000 and they didn't do anything. They just ruled out um, a problem with my heart. 
um, I've reached, you know, I've reached my deductible. Um, so that's, you know, that's paying a lot of money. The, um, I think the ultrasound of my heart, you know, they called me and they said, you know, this is going to cost you $900. Are you, are you sure you want to do it? And I'm like, just put it on my tab. You know, what are you going to do? Not get an ultrasound of your heart when you feel a stabbing pain all the time. So even to have to make that choice is upsetting. You know, imagine someone who doesn't have a savings. Do you want to pay $900 for your ultrasound? Mm -hmm. Um, After reaching my deductible, um, I decided to just pay privately for everything. Um, And I'm in a lucky position. My, My father said, you know, I want you to get better. I will help you any way that you need. Um, so how much is, how much has your family collectively had to pay out privately? Um, privately ballpark figure. It's gotta be up to 3000, maybe Mm -hmm. a little over at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was money well spent. This functional neurologist who's a a highly, uh, a, a chiropractor who goes through a lot of specialized training. I mean, he picked up on things that were so small to me that I didn't even tell my husband because you start to sound like a crazy person. Let's talk about that. The impact this has had on your husband, your marriage, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, think about what would happen to any mother of children with a husband who has a household to run and has many people in the house depending on you for love and attention and affection and meals and all of that, just you're, you're just in bed. Um, I think in the beginning it was not that big of a deal, but I think because it lasted so long that it became Mm -hmm. very scary for them. They both started complaining of stomach aches. Um, my daughter had to start going to therapy she has a lot of new fears of death, of the dog dying, me dying. Um, I mean, she's only 10. If I drop something, she comes running to ask if I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have to lean over because I feel ill, you know, it, it, it really affects her. Um, and then with my husband, you know, he... He did everything for months, everything. And he's stepdad. He's stepdad to two kids who are angry and upset that their mother is ill. They're scared and upset and, and, and it just wasn't a good, wasn't a good combination. Um, so you mentioned to me on the phone when we talked, you said that, that you know, some of the feelings you, you have had and your husband has had is sort of the morning of the normal life that you yeah. had, the happy life you had before. Mm-hmm. Yep. So our, our, li- our life, think, think about the summer. Our life in the summer is beach pass. We live about a mile and a half from the beach. We're always at the beach. We go to an amusement park every summer. Um, we go hiking. Um, I loved to take my dog hiking. I loved to walk my dog. I loved training him. I loved taking him off leash. The kids liked coming hiking with me. 
all of it is stopped. I have not been to the beach. If I get invited to a party that's outside, I can't go. I will get really ill from being in the heat. And there's no amusement park this summer. I mean, it's just a different, a different life. Do you have inflammation in your joints when it's very humid outside? No, I, you know, I do have pain in my joints and I don't really know why. Um, but the heat makes me more like feeling like I have a mild flu. And being outside in the heat and getting overheated can maybe put me in bed for a day or two. So can um, exercise. I have like exercise intolerance. I can physically do it, but then after, it's almost like a chronic fatigue where you, you go and you walk two miles and then you're, you're like, okay, that, that wasn't that bad. And then you can't get out of bed for two days. Have so you been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis? No, that, that was ruled out. That was oh, yeah, almost, almost everything was was ruled out. So everything's ruled out according to the list. Yeah, no, no line, no, yeah, that kind of thing. So, but nobody knows what you do have. Nobody knows. There's a lot. There's a lot of theories. Um, I keep telling myself that no one really knows because sometimes someone will say a theory, and I'll think oh my gosh, I have to follow this path. Oh my gosh, I have to follow this path. It's, it's, it's disturbing. No, no one really knows. Anyone can tell you a theory and, and no one really knows. And there are, there are a lot of people from our, the Facebook group of people connecting to try to share um, things that have been helpful. Um, so this is the brain fog. What was I saying, Christine? You said you, the groups, the group inside the group, they would share, want to share things. That yes. Helpful. Okay. So some of them would say, okay, well, we're, we're signing on with this group and we're sending our, our blood to this group and they're going to test it for this. And then, you, and then it's like, oh my gosh, should I do that? Should I pay this $800 to do this thing? And then other people are sending you a YouTube video of this other doctor talking about, well, maybe you should do this. And then you're like, oh, maybe I should do that. It's confusing. It's like you could listen and follow to any theory anybody says, and you don't know if they're right. So you're out of work. Well, I just went back to work this week because oh, did you? I was out for three and a half months. I went back to work because I felt like I just had to do it. Um, and it was tough because it's the summer going in and out of hot houses, in and out of houses with cats and such. And I was having so many reactions. So I just took five weeks off to try to get better. And the things that I've been doing have been helpful. I'm not, maybe I'm 70% better with all of these medications you know, if one thing goes off, I have to eat a certain way. I have to make sure I drink enough water. I have to take electrolytes. I have to sleep a certain amount. I have to avoid being outside in the heat. Like if something goes awry, it's you're sick again. Hmm. What is it that you would like that you'd like the public to know um, from the 40,000 foot picture of this and then on the ground? I mean, 
I think that these reactions need to be acknowledged because they're happening. So as much as the CDC doesn't want to acknowledge it or the FDA doesn't want to acknowledge it or mainstream media doesn't want to acknowledge it, this is happening. How, how can a bunch of people who were like first in line to get the vaccine could then somehow get an ulterior motive there is no ulterior motive. People really need to look at who are the who are the people that are reporting these 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 symptoms, these problems. They're just regular people. They're the same mm-hmm. people that you all clapped about and put the red hearts out in support of healthcare workers. You're going to get your coffee mm-hmm. and someone says, "Oh, thank you. You know, you have your badge on. Oh, thank you." The same people that were cheering you for being a healthcare worker and doing a great job are now saying that you're a liar. It, it just doesn't make sense. It needs to be acknowledged. I think that what would help people would be to be believed for the medical community to start researching this because there are things that have helped people and the only way that this information is being passed around is on Facebook groups that are having to use code to skirt being removed. Um, I'm trying to share that I went to a functional neurologist and he helped me with POTS. Why can't I have a Facebook group to share that? Why um, Why can't I have open conversations with other people? What, what harm is this? Um, have you guys thought about going to another social media platform? They have. There are. Is there, is there a microphone off? I don't know. Aaron, yeah, start over the answer to that question because I think you hit the microphone. Can you can you see me? I can yes. see you and I okay. can hear you. Okay. Um, I forget what I was saying. You were, ta- you were talking, to, Todd asked you about if you're going to go, why not go to another Facebook page? And, and listen, it's okay. It's okay. With I'm us, telling right? you. It happens. Try, okay. try doing cognitive therapy as a speech uh. therapist and you're having the same problem. I mean, I've had some really nice folks say, like, com- just completely understand <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't remember the words either. Okay, so 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 Todd was just asking about since you've been uh, nuked in this in the Facebook page, what about going to another alternative platform? So they they did, and there are quite a few people on MeWe. Am I saying that wrong? MeWe, Telegram, they've all kind of kind of gone off. This group that I uh, became a part of has been kept very small. And I think mm-hmm. there was a, I don't know if anyone else talked about, there was, there's really a specific purpose to this group. If you go yes. on another larger group uh, mm-hmm. of vaccine injured, it, it can be overwhelming and there's less, um, there, there can be, well-meaning but misguided information let's say mm-hmm. and this other group has been kept really small and i think for the specific purpose of um mm-hmm. 
you impact. know, let's impact. do, yes, exactly. Let's mm -hmm. not make it bigger because bigger isn't better. We need to keep the group small and we need to, when there's something that can be done, mm -hmm. let's have this group that can really um, think of something that can help. It's just that Facebook is obviously playing for the other team. So right. I mean, if you've got a hundred people that move somewhere else, go to telegram on the a chat there or something. Yeah. You know, I think thought. so. Yeah. What we decided I've, I've actually, um, I have everyone's contact information in the group. Mm -hmm. So if something happens, we're going to move over. I think people don't like change, which is so unfortunate, so unfortunate because of what the, the other thing on Facebook is that they're surveilling you and, identifying all the people who are dissidents yeah. for lack of yeah. a better word. Yeah. They're Ter tracking terrorists. You. What they, yeah, they're tracking you. <laughs> and they're what labeling you're medical, you. You're a medical terrorist and it goes mm -hmm. into people's homes to care for them. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that, that, that's how they, they'd say it, you know, and you have to maintain a sense of humor about it because it's all so crazy. But the thing is, it's very sad because you're, you're destroying people's health emotionally. It's emotional abuse is what Zuckerberg's all about. Yeah, I mean, if, if you ever wanted to accuse anyone of anything, if you ever suspected someone of something, mm -hmm. isn't the first thing you do think of what their motive is? Money. You know, it's but Money. but I I mean I mean for them thinking of what our motive is. Oh no, what's no, the true. motive? Yeah. you know what I'm saying. That they're everyone is so quick to say they're spreading misinformation. Why? Why? Well, I would, and I've had some experience. I've had some experience with this, but I would say the guy, the people in your other group, the bigger one, that are kicking people out and shutting people down, they're being paid. They're trolls. I mean, they they, they are manipulating the situation. Right. So, um, and we know this. We know this because yeah. there have been people. Uh, I, I forget if it was on TikTok or WhatsApp. I, I'm not on social media. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like the world never to have been social mediaized. Yeah. I think it's a real dark place. For a mm -hmm. lot of different reasons but having mm -hmm. said that a couple months ago there was a woman i think it was somebody sent it to me it was on TikTok, and this is a woman who was actually offered money i think it was three thousand dollars in the back of my head mm -hmm. um to promote the vaccines i mean they were looking for people you've had mm -hmm. fauci just recently on TikTok. he's 80 years of age he's on TikTok. i mean what's what's that all about he was targeting TikTok so he could tell these younger kids who are 16, 15, 13, this is safe. Like he's a grandfather for pharma. Yeah. He's a pimp for pharma. Right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. And so the, the, calling it what it is, yeah. is uh, putting it in a, in a vernacular that everybody can understand. Mm -hmm. And that's what that, that's what we're trying to open up in all the conversations we're having with people to validate them and let them just say what they want to say. Because I mean, yeah. obviously you're not, you, you've, you're not crazy. You've got these uh, health issues mm -hmm. that need to be recognized so that the rest of the world doesn't have them. Or if they do have them, the doctors can do something about them. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm more concerned about people in the healthcare industry, not asking the questions about people in their industry. Why don't we want to recognize and why don't we want to do the science and the research to get people better? Because our oath is no harm. Right. I mean, there's, it right. seems to me, there's a global abdication. Uh, mm -hmm. of, and, 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 the, and the one thing that I have heard, and I wanted to ask you this, 
I have never interviewed, and I don't think Todd has ever interviewed anybody, uh, and some of the other journalists who were talking to some of the, some of the people who were injured. I've never heard of anybody having just one thing wrong. With it. It's right. always multiple. a bunch of things. Yeah, is that your experience when you've gone into these different groups? Yeah, and I think that that's what why it's easy to say that the person is kind of anxious because it does cause a whole list of things. So I think if you're someone who comes to and says anything about a whole list of strange things, I mean, think about it. I have tingling and pain in my hands and feet. I have pain in my heart. Um, when it gets hot, I feel sick. I can't take a hot shower for down. Like just all these, they all sound like, you know, they just assume, oh, well, that that's an anxious person. But they're, it, it's so... It affects your body in so many different ways. It, have you had that D, Have you had that D-dimer test? I did, and that was fine. That was normal. That was fine. Yeah, I have to have an MRI because um, my face is a little. Can you see my face is asymmetrical? It's like fuller on this side. Yes. And yes. like when I smile, one eye. Okay. One eye. It, it's very subtle. But, you know, you're 42 mm. and I take pictures, uh, you know, if you're taking a picture with someone and then you're like, hmm, one eye is squinted and one eye is open. This, sorry, it's this side. That side. Kind okay. of so, so I would, I did not catch that until you, until you mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. But that I mean, was but what you're saying is that wasn't there pre-COVID no. vaccine. And it's very, and, and this is the thing. Maybe I'll have the MRI and it'll be fine. But there's something different about my face. What caused that? And if it happened to you, you would be freaked out too. You would mm -hmm. be calling reporters and you would be willing to sit down and do an interview so that this doesn't happen to somebody else. I don't want to be worried about asymmetry in my face. It's concerning. And, sure. you know, the other thing to mention is about doctors knowing about this is that this is one example. I actually got a referral for a cognitive evaluation for a patient who had just come home from the hospital. And I read the uh, note and I said, this person is me. My heart was beating out of my chest. This person, this note is describing me. Mm. And at the end of the note, it said um, that the patient is having her second dose on Saturday. It also said uh, when she was in the hospital, they couldn't find anything wrong with her. So they referred her to psych and they told her family that it was in her head. So she went home and her family doesn't believe her. I mean, she was beside herself. I couldn't help her because this isn't, it's, it's not something, it's something that comes and goes. It's, it's, but it's bizarre. Someone who lives six miles from me has the almost the exact same presentation as me was told it was anxiety and she thought she was alone the only thing that can help is to be believed imagine being referred to psych you have this injection and it makes you feel numb she had numbness tingling in her head tingling in her legs and feet i mean you think you're gonna die 
Yeah. Wouldn't you and, believe and you're going to die? And that, and that would that would be, and especially, you know, there's a, there's a, a friend of mine who is a vice president uh, and head of nursing at one of the major hospitals here in the United States, got her, uh, started her PhD when she was in her 50s. Mm-hmm. And she was doing it on hope, which is a very elusive topic in the medical community. They don't have a lot of PhDs with the hope themes. And when you do your, your dissertation, you have to have it based upon the research in the field. Mm-hmm. And what she concluded at the very end, and it was very, um, it made sense. It was logical, but it was hard. It was a hard PhD to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read it. And it was extraordinary because if you have a plan of action with a higher, with a belief in a higher power, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the different faiths. I'm talking about it just a, a belief in a higher power, no matter what faith. There's a tendency for people who have, and her dissertation was on ovarian cancer survivors. Mm-hmm. And if you had those two elements and in, in a, a plan of action, mm-hmm. you probably would have longevity in terms of mm-hmm. your survival. Mm-hmm. And I keep on thinking to myself at the very beginning when we got into COVID, the unknown should scare the hell out of most people. Mm-hmm. It's an unknown. And then all of a sudden they say, take the vax because it's going to prevent. And then mm-hmm. it results in an unknown that mm-hmm. they can't even diagnose and they can't mm-hmm. give direction to anybody. And to me, that would have to be a very lonely, scary place for mm-hmm. most people and where you people are. And that's one of the reasons we're doing mm-hmm. this. Right. I mean, it's hard. I think that all of us or many of us thought we were going to die many times, many Mm -hmm. times. And I think there were many, many, many times that it has felt so bad that we've thought about ending it. I mean, how many suicide stories have you heard of people that are in these different groups? Because I know that they're, I've been told only secondhand, third hand, that there have been some. I've only heard of, of one. Okay. Probably one that, that, that you've heard, heard of. Mm-hmm. What, um, about, what about the marriage relationships shifting because of this? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, that was where I was going before. And I just didn't, again, the brain fog. Um, about talking about what type of life I had as a wife and a mother is is gone. And I think uh, having to switch roles where my husband became mother and caretaker and everything else, and you have your wife in bed for months and you don't have a relationship with her anymore. It's just not the same. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot to work through right now for, for us. There's a lot to work through. Are you getting any help in counseling? Yes. I mean, it, it's like sign everybody up for therapy. I got to go to therapy. I got to go to therapy with my husband. My kids have to go to therapy. I mean, I, I think that that's the right thing to do because it's such a bumpy road. Mm-hmm. Such a bumpy road. How's your faith? I mean, faith in getting better <laughs> or faith in a higher power. Well, I do. Has I it mean, been questioned now because of this? You know, I don't think I've questioned it. I've never been a super religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I have sort of, uh, I think it's given me more compassion. I mean, I hate to say, <laughs> I said before I was such a poly, Pollyanna, but, um, I do like to see the positive side of things. 
Um, I do have patients that suffer probably worse than me. You know, there's a lot of sad, sad stories of um, situations of patients that I go see. And mm -hmm. I think that it's given me more compassion and awareness of how that thing they're going through has all these ripple effects and affects sort of everything in their life. We kind of swoop in and do the therapy and we're happy and we're chit chatty and we're talking to them and then we kind of swoop out. Um, and, but now I think about when I leave that person is, it could be sitting there, you know, feeling really depressed and down and alone. It's given me more compassion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to look at the silver lining of it. Um, yeah, it sucks. Why did it happen to me? Why me? I, I mean, I've never, I, I just, I've never been a sick person. Never, never in my whole life. Wow. You know? Wow. It's just. I'm sorry to hear that, you, that you've had to go through this, this routine of not being acknowledged. I really, I really appreciate it. What, what, what is your feelings on, I guess, because Todd, do you want to jump in here and ask any last questions? Because I've only got maybe one. No, I don't, I don't have anything else. I'm just thinking when you take a look at this now, Aaron, um, would have you had the discussion among the the mother of your stepdaughter, your ex-husband who's the father of your children? Mm -hmm. uh, because this is a whole new di dynamic that people mm -hmm. have to think about because the fallout from all of this, it, it, it's, it, it's reality. The right. mixed families of marriages and children and everything like that. I mean... Explain to people, you know, you have to tell your personal stuff about your mm -hmm. children, but I mean, just the, what's the discussion like for people that are in that? Because there's a lot of people that are going to be in that situation uh, if something goes south. Right. It kind of makes me wonder how the courts will handle it. You know, do you get a judge that believes that these reactions aren't real and they are going to side with getting the vaccine against one parent's better judgment or if they're going to feel the other way? Um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about my 13 year old getting a vaccine. Um, I had a discussion with his dad. Um, I think he just assumed that he was going to get the vaccine, which I assume, I mean, when you're this sick, you just assume that everyone knows you're not going to want to vaccinate your kids. Um, I think my justification is, you know, I share the same genetics with them. And mm -hmm. so until I know why this happened to me, they're not getting vaccinated. Uh, his reason. Well, there's no reason to get vaccinated. They have no risk. They right. have no risk from the disease. Why vaccinate? Right. I it's, think, no, it's insane. I agree. I, I, I think for a person who isn't digging deep mm -hmm. as I have had to, um, you know, yeah. you're hearing about hospitalizations of children, you're hearing about deaths of children from COVID, and you are not hearing of anything happening to children from the vaccine. And I think that's why this needs to be made public. I mean, there's kids that have died. There's kids that, you know, do you want your kid to have inflammation in his heart? and not be able to play sports or do activities for one or two years. And then you're always going to wonder what damage that permanent damage that did to their heart. I mean, that's well, not what to me. Part of the, part of the conversation is also there's no one on earth 
that knows the long-term effects right. of vaccinating mm -hmm. a child with something that we know causes damage and it's a it's a longevity of injuries with right. an adult. So it, the, I think I think that the sixty-four million dollar question should be for any parent who has a minor child. Mm -hmm. Why would you roll the die mm -hmm. on your child's health, mm -hmm. knowing that you no one can give you the answers? Mm -hmm. And you know. You don't know, he might have already had COVID and not right. even known it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He might never get COVID in his whole life. I, I mean, are there kids that have been exposed that just never come down with the disease? I mean, that's possible too. So there's so many unknowns and you can't say there have been children that have died from COVID. So you need to vaccinate your child because I don't know that my child's gonna get COVID. But if you're choosing to give them va the vaccine, you're 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 choosing to take that risk. You're mm. not really choosing to take the risk of letting them get COVID. The other question I want to ask you, um, because you're in the healthcare system, you have to write up reports. You know the language that is used, and hence you're at a you're, you're at an advantage because when you talk to your doctors, you can speak in their language. Yes. And you raised with me that that mm -hmm. to you as a healthcare provider in people's homes um, and you're observing and you're writing it down and you're asking questions and you know how to communicate, how difficult it must be for people who are not even recognized, but they, and they can, they're adults, they can describe their reactions, mm -hmm. but yet they hit the wall because mm -hmm. they can't put it into the medical terms. Right. So from your perspective, what needs to be changed on the doctor's side of this so that they understand? I mean, when somebody says I've got tingling in my head and they don't know the term, mm -hmm. it would get nuked because it's not in a it's not in a medical term. How can that change? Because you're on both sides now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the challenge for a lot of people is is what you said before about it's not one symptom, it's a whole bunch of them. Right. And I think it's hard for a person who doesn't know anything about the medical field at all um, to tease out what's what, what to get addressed with what specialist. Um, I mean, if this was acknowledged and you had these symptoms known, I mean, doctors would I mean, immediately know what a patient was trying to describe. The first question should be, have you had the vaccine? When did you have it? You know, mm -hmm. if it didn't line up timing wise, you know, you could rule that out. If it did line up timing wise, you'd have a whole new set of questions. A patient, I mean, they're reporting their symptoms, but they really can't lead the doctor to what needs to be done when there's something so unknown. So it, th that's why it needs to be known. The doctors need to know what questions to ask because a person might not even know What's important to say? Okay, so that 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 that's the, that's the um, the old 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 reason why things go south. It's called mm -hmm. communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the things on um, the Facebook group. Um, that's how I figured out the mast cell activation, and I ignored it for a very long time because I refused to just follow what people were saying. I mean, I just, I, I just wanted to kind of follow my own path, what my own things were. 
Um, is that with Denise when Denise started talking about it? No, it there are so many money? people that are doing um, mast cell treatment. I think it's a very common thing. I don't know what about the vaccine and, and where it goes. Why does it, you know, the the mast cells are right next to the nerves in your um, in your tissue. So what about the vaccine? Those are those are two very common things. What about the vaccine causes your mast cells to misbehave or overreact? And what causes that could cause the nerves to be stimulated? Where is where is this vaccine going? What what is this? Where is the inflammation? Why why are these things happening? Um, but that's how I got. I asked for treatment for mast cell after a long time of of you know kind of just listening to the doctors. I didn't want to drive or guide the doctors. I wanted them to um, figure out what was wrong with me without me pushing something. And then eventually, I just requested that I start medication for mast cell and I said what my symptoms were and she agreed that it sounded like mast cell and that made it so that I could um, live my life without suddenly having an uh, allergic reaction to anything and everything. Um, well, thank you very, very much for sharing from the bottom of your heart. Yes, thank Seriously. you. Yeah, it's an excellent, I mean, you've, you've, you've advanced this conversation in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've heard so many different sides of stories and it's, it's really affected people in so many different ways. You really think about some mothers have babies, some mothers, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has a different situation. Some people lost their jobs. Some people, you know, are are really struggling and I'm sure you've heard kind of the whole gamut of different perspectives. It really affects everyone in different ways and really in every way, in every way. Well, that's why it's an important, um, it's an important decision for, and it's important reason for people to be educated. Mm -hmm. And it's very important for them to understand if they get that bad roll of the die, it's mm -hmm. a life altering decision mm -hmm. because these are life altering changes that have a domino effect all over your family, your finances, you know, um, yeah. your energy, your health. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad that I didn't know this could happen. And I took it early enough that I get it. That information wasn't available. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes me even more mad that someone might be going to get their second dose today when they're still sick from the first and they believe they are supposed to get the second dose or they're told to get the second dose and they're going to have their lives turned upside down. I have a quick question for you yeah. in Connecticut. Um, I see a lot of, I spend some time in Connecticut. I see a lot of uh, group think going on here. Do you, do you see that in this, in this instance with the vaccines? Like people want to believe something really bad and they're going to work mm -hmm. hard to keep believing that no matter what? Yeah, I think it's not just that they want to believe it. I think that the, uh, the, the group think part of it is mm -hmm. no, no one wants to be the black sheep. And it's not no just vaccines. It's, it's a lot yeah. of issues. It's mm -hmm. CRT in schools. It's 
Yes. You know, go down the list. Yes. It's, it's, it's every single issue and you will be, you will be judged if you, yes. if you don't go along and you may lose friends, you may lose, people lose their jobs over speaking out and, and not just speaking out, giving your opinion. It's very Soviet. It's very Bolshevik. You know, yes. it's, it's, it, it, it is like, it is as if I'm going to sound crazy. Mm-hmm. My family, no, not to me, you won't. It, it, it is <laughs> as if like, it seems so well planned. Yes. I don't know if it was planned, but it is as if oh, they was. recruited unknowing regular people to join for, to join one force. And the culture of it is to, um, you know, push, push certain opinions and punish, but not really punish, punish dissent, um, jump shame. on them. They're in the shame. Shame them, remove them. Mm-hmm. You know, there. Yeah. When, when, when has it ever been that you can't have a discussion about something? Well, in in Connecticut. Residents are usually very educated. You know, Lennon called them useful idiots. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's, I mean, I was know, a useful I, idiot. I see that a lot in this state. <laughs> I was yeah. a useful idiot. And I, and I, and I will say, and I, I tell people all the time when they start telling me the things that they hear, you know, I say, just mm-hmm. because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not happening. You don't know. You don't know. You so, only know what, what you're told. Well, and, and, and I understand because I was the same person and I'll tell them I'm radicalized now. I'm radicalized. It will happen if mm-hmm. something, if, if some, if you're wronged so epically, um, you will be radicalized. You know, a lot of people watch certain news stations and that's all that they watch. And they'll say to you, mm-hmm. oh, I watch everything. I watch both. And what they do is, is the majority, they watch what they know and accept and they watch mm-hmm. a little bit of something else. And because of what they're told and really, I don't want to say brainwashed, when mm-hmm. they see the other side, they say, oh, look how crazy that is. Look how crazy mm-hmm. that is. They watch it to confirm what they've been what they, what they've been told. They don't actually open their mind up to hearing a different opinion. And I think that that's the most dangerous part of all of it. Well, the question is, why does everybody want to want to just hold their opinion? What happened to curiosity? Mm-hmm. Which is essential. It's essential to yeah. critical thinking. You know, it's essential I, to I, be able to say, yeah. hey, I was wrong about that. Yeah. And I got educated. You know, but, but it's ignorance like- is, is willful. Yeah, in, but in but what tells you that it's the, that it's group think is that you don't come out of it until it happens to you, until yeah. you get canceled or you get sick from the vaccine, and now suddenly you'll say, "Oh my God, you're turning away from me, but I'm with you," and they're like, "No, you're not." Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 it's it's the tribe, and the truth is. When people talk with to themselves in their own minds, they have to really wonder what why would they feel safe in a place that shames? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Right. In any even... other scenario, in any right. other scenario, people that behave that way, you would say that they're bullies. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, but right. it's totally accepted. Right. It's totally accepted. 
Well, thank you very, very much. Um, I'm sorry. It's 